Happy Easter. It is good to be with you guys this morning. Appreciate everybody just sharing their gifts and their talents. And uh, Evan has written some pieces for us on Christmas Eve before. And, and uh, I said, Evan, you got one in you? He said, let me see. And I think he did. I think he hit a home run there. So that was pretty cool. Um, question for us to start off this morning. Do you know the first recorded words of Jesus in the Bible? He was young. As a boy, he's in Jerusalem for Passover, which is right now in the Jewish community. And he's there, and then everybody is heading back towards home. And I've never lost my children for three days, but I've lost them for a bit. (laughs) Thank God they have a mother. And Joseph and Mary are looking for Jesus. They're looking everywhere in the town of Jerusalem, big bustling city. Could you imagine losing your child for three days in a bustling town? He was a young guy, somewhere around 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Most parents would like a three-day break from their 13-year-old, maybe. I've got one. They find him in the temple. And he says these words. uh, Jesus' first recorded words in the Bible are in Luke 2.49. And he says, why did you look for me? You should have known that I would be about my father's business. You see, Jesus came to complete an assignment. And he knew it from the beginning. Jesus would reveal this assignment many times as he would teach, especially his closest friends, the disciples. In John 8, 28 and 29, it says this. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I will always do what pleases him. Do you hear the consistency? As a child, didn't you know that I would be about my father's business much later as he's teaching and he's ministering and he says, I'm going to only be doing what pleases the father. And this is way before the Passion Week. And he says, when you see me lifted up on the cross, you're going to know. What? Jesus knew the plan. Jesus came to complete an assignment. He came to die on a cross. The cross was the key objective of his his mission. Open your Bibles with me today. We'll have it up on the screen too, I hope. Uh, To Mark 8. And we're just going to read three verses for our core text today. Uh, Mark 8, 31 through 33. If you're there, say there. Good. If you're here, say here. Awesome. Verse 31, Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, 
the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Verse 33, Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples. Then he reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Tell your neighbor, Jesus knew the plan. Tell your other neighbor, Jesus knew the plan. All right, did you guys get the plan? Number one, suffer. Okay, good start. Number two, be rejected. Somebody say it sounds like my junior high. Okay. Number three, be killed. Number four, rise from the dead. He knew the plan. And being a good leader, he was telling or trying to tell his followers the plan. You ever try to tell somebody else the plan? And you're like, oh, if they, you think you told everybody, or you did, but they weren't listening. And Jesus is trying to tell his disciples the plan. And they still were surprised on Resurrection Sunday, which is just hilarious. Everybody that has kids completely understands that. Verse 32 says this he spoke openly. This was not something he was afraid of. This was not something he talked about like he was nervous about or unclear about or unsure of. This was something like discussing the fact that we're happy to see the sun today or something like that. Like, this is normal conversation between Jesus and his followers. This was open discussion. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to make enemies with all of the religious people. <laughs> he wasn't surprised that they didn't get him. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to go up on a cross. I am going to die. He said it matter of fact. Because he knew the plan. He would continue to talk about this. This is three, it's located three times in, in, in the book of Mark. In, in chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10. This was a consistent thing that he would bring up. Now Peter, we all love Peter, don't we? Why? Because he's the one that's most like us, I think. Or maybe it's just me. But he is the guy that says what everyone else is thinking. Do you have one of those people in your family? Are you that person? If that person's sitting next to you, don't snicker or anything. Because you're going to be having lunch with them in an hour. Peter says, you can't suffer. You can't die. Now this isn't just, I don't want you to suffer. I don't want you to die. Peter is literally saying, you can't suffer. You can't die. I've seen you walk on water. I've seen you heal the sick. I've seen blind men open their eyes. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen. I've seen you operate with complete authority over both the spiritual and the physical. How could you possibly suffer? And how could you possibly die? 
Now, our world is a little crazy over superheroes these days and comic book heroes. I just watched Thor again at home on Blu-ray, and I'm pumped for Infinity War. A few of you get me. Thank you. We love our superheroes because they each have a gift. They each have a superpower. And I love the line, and uh, was it Batman? He says, what's, what's your superhero? He says, I'm, what's your superpower? He says, I'm rich. But they all have their superpowers. But I think the other reason why we love these superheroes is because they each have something. They each have a kryptonite like Superman, something that they can't get past, something that brings them back down to earth, something that defeats them, something that brings attention to the story. So this is Peter's issue. He knows that there is no kryptonite. He has seen Jesus have complete authority over everything. And he looks at Jesus, he says, you can't suffer. You can't die. No one can kill you. No one can take your life, Jesus. And I think Jesus... Appreciated that sentiment. But he said, you're right, Peter. No one can take it. But I can give it. Get behind me. Satan. Well, that's mean. Peter just loves him. Well, Jesus had a plan. Jesus was on mission. Did you know that Satan will use anything, including a well-meaning friend, to get you off mission? Father's business. He said it when he was 10 or 11, and he's saying it to Peter again. He said, I've got my father's business to do. Another question for us today. Are you about your father's business? Are we about our Father's business? I sure hope so as a family church that we're doing what God gave us to do. There's an old song that I grew up hearing in, I don't know, Sunday school, VBS, probably all the above. It was also used at uh, Billy Graham uh, rallies. It was, I have decided to follow Jesus. 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 No turning back. No turning back. That's what Jesus did. He said, I'm going to follow the plan. Jesus came to complete an assignment. He came to die on the cross. Verse 33 continues, it says, you are seeing things from a human point of view, not from God's. 
Well, friends, that's the most difficult thing that we have to wrestle with. It really is. Because any time we can connect our vision to God's, we'll see through the pain, we'll see through the challenge, we'll see above the day's trouble, we'll see above the year's trouble, we'll see through the chaos and the anxiety. But it requires an elevation of sight. This is and will always be our greatest challenge is to see by faith what we can't see on our own. We naturally don't have God's point of view, but Jesus invites his followers then and us now to see things from God's perspective. Because on the human level, this is what Passion Week looks like. Human level. No peeking above for the moment, okay? This is what Passion Week looks like from the human level. The Passion Week would begin with a, a Last Supper. We're going to take communion here in a little bit. I'll talk through that, and Pastor Scott's going to help us out with that a little bit later. Then they would go to the garden. And Jesus calls out Judas at their supper, and he says, go do what you're going to do. Jesus comes to the garden. He's there. They're praying. And then here come the soldiers. And here comes one of the twelve. Do you know that you can only be betrayed by a friend? You can't be betrayed by somebody that doesn't have a relationship with you. It's the definition of it. Here come the soldiers. Judas had sold out his master for 30 pieces of silver. And his promise would be that he would identify Jesus with a kiss on the cheek. Hmm. And then the night of terror would begin. Remember, he said, I've, I've got to suffer. I've got to be rejected. I've got to be crucified. So he would be handed over from Judas to the soldiers. The soldiers then took him to the religious people. They handed him over again. They didn't have the authority to execute him. They would hand him over to Pilate. Pilate couldn't find any fault with him. He ends up in the court of Herod, the king, the acting puppet king of Israel at the time. He hands him back over. That person hands him back over. And finally, Pilate hands him over to the soldiers again. The word used with most of those exchanges is a cool Greek word called paradidomai. It means to hand over. God invites us to see things from His perspective today. Luke 23, 44-46 says this, 
By this time it was about noon and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When he says, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands, he uses the exact same word that the men were using to describe handing Jesus off, paradidomai. So on the human level, you have Judas handing them off to the priest. You have the priest handing them off to Pilate. You have Pilate handing them off to Herod. You have Herod handing them back off to Pilate. On the divine level, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. On the divine level, God handed over His Son and Jesus handed over his life. Do you see the difference? Theologian Octavius Winslow, I need to name that cool, may have said it best. Not Judas for money, not Pilate for fear, not the Jews for envy, but the Father for love. We need heaven's point of view. Now this cross thing, I think it, it's, it's just an interesting thing to come into. And maybe you're new to the church world today. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe you just have some fuzzy memories as a kid. No matter what your story is, I'm glad you're here today. But this cross, this center of Christianity, is such an interesting concept, even to me the, today. Well, I get it. I get that it was God's plan. But why was it necessary? If God is so big, couldn't He just forgive us? Why did, why did we need the cross? Why was it necessary? It seems a bit extreme. Well, Jesus taught why at the Last Supper. We're going to take communion again today, and, and this is where it comes from. Matthew 26, 26-28 says this, As they were eating... Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it. This is my body broken for you. And he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and he said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. The purpose of the cross is to forgive my sins and to forgive yours. My body broken for you, my blood shed for you. The cross was necessary because each of us have a debt that we can't pay. Do you want to know what salvation is? I believe a true moment of salvation is this. When we declare bankruptcy. Now, if you're like me and you're an Office fan, does anybody like The Office? You can't just walk into a room and declare bankruptcy. The ten of you that get that, I love you for it. 
If you don't know the show, it's just a bunch of stupid people. But Michael comes in the office, and he thinks this is all he has to do. In front of everybody there, he says, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> and one of the people are like, you know you can't just do that, and that's it, right? Anyways. What's bankruptcy? Bankruptcy is when the mountain is so high and your resources are too low and you know that you can't overcome it. And so our legal system, our financial system, has a, a resource that's a last hope kind of option that says, I can't, I can't pay my debts. And you legally go through the process. It's, it's a big deal. Well, salvation is this. Salvation is when you realize that the debt of your sin is beyond anything you could ever hold enough doors open for or do enough kind things or put enough dollars in an offering plate or a giving box or whatever. When you realize that the debt of your sin is beyond anything that you could ever deal with and you finally come to that point of realization and you say, I'm tapping out. I can't do this. And then you see Jesus. And he says, I did it for you. Salvation is declaring bankruptcy and pleading for the mercy of Jesus Christ that he offers you as a gift. There are some values, extreme values linked in the cross. I want you to get this today as, as we're nearing the end, I promise. I know we've all got ham we're going to and peeps. And hopefully some Starburst jelly beans. But stay with me. I hope that we can appreciate the value of Jesus. There's a reason why the language is used that God would give His only beloved Son. You, you, you hear the value attached to Him there. Well, the cross of Christ is the event in which God makes known His holiness and love simultaneously. What do I mean by that? If Jesus is what it took to pay the bill, how big was the bill? I love preaching the love of the Father. It's what I live to do. But there's a, there's a great equality there that His love is equal to His holiness. What's that mean? It means that if sin is in His presence, it burns in fire along with the person that has it in them. That's how holy He is. That's how pure He is. That's how righteous He is. And so, He hates sin. He hates even the little ones that we think are cute and we can keep around. And He hates the ugly ones too that we like to point out in other people. He hates it all the same. And he can't stand it. It actually can't be in his presence. And so the holiness is off the charts, which means that his love has to be off the charts because he would love us that much that he would spend the life of his son to erase that debt of sin. And there's an old expression that says something is only worth what someone is willing to pay for it.
Mark 10.45 says this, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. Tell your neighbor you're priceless. Tell your other neighbor you're priceless. Someone said, I know. You're sad. If the value, do you see the values that are all linked there? If we're worth what someone will pay for us and somebody pays with their only son, then that means that I'm worth something because of Jesus. Nothing that I could do. I I come to him bankrupt. Wow. Wow. Well, Jesus came to complete an assignment. Jesus came to die on a cross. It seems like there was something else on the to-do list. Let's go back through it. Let's see. Suffer. Check. Uh, Be rejected. Check. Uh, Get killed. Check. Rise from the dead. Luke 24, 1-7. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, the two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee? Remember Jesus is trying to give them a a little preview? Remember what he told you back in Galilee that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise on the third day? Why are you surprised? Why are you looking for him here? He told you the plan. It's been said that the resurrection is the hinge on which all of human history turns. That's really good. I didn't write it. I don't know who did. But we're going to say it again. The resurrection is the hinge on which all of human history turns. Friday is the reason that Jesus' fan base went from thousands to a few. Even old Peter, brave and bold Peter, was lying to people. I don't know Jesus. Are you kidding me? Oh, you're one of the... No! That's some other big mouth. Not me. Friday's the reason why the fan base left the city. Sunday is why Jesus' followers have gone from a few to billions in 20 centuries. Life is on the other side of the cross. Words like victory, conquest, triumph, and overcoming are used throughout the New Testament. Victory begins at the cross and finishes when Jesus walks out of that tomb three days later. And His victory can be your victory. Jesus came to complete an assignment. 
Jesus came to die on the cross so that He could walk out of that tomb victorious. And so that you could walk out of your tomb today. Could we bow our heads in prayer this morning? I love Easter. I love the message of hope. All of human history hinges on the resurrection, including yours and mine. The cross stands between death and life. Some of you in this room are spiritually dead today. I don't say that to judge you. I say it because there's a solution. And I was spiritually dead once as well. And so was everyone else in this room. Life is on the other side of the cross. Jesus gave his life for you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment to say yes to Jesus. Are you willing to declare bankruptcy today? Are you done trying? You, you, can't, you can't do it. And oh, by the way, there's no other answers. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. We don't get to make up our own truth. Jesus is truth. Are you ready to declare bankruptcy and run to truth today? Are you willing to hand over your life to Him? That's the other beautiful part about this. He doesn't take it from us. He offers His, but He invites us to hand over our lives to Him. Are you ready to receive His love, life, and mercy today. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, I want you to put your hand up right where you're at. I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray with you. I see that hand. God bless you. He calls for us. This is part of His plan. He came to die for you, to pay for your sins. He came to rise from the dead so that we could live life free from death. Oh yes, there's an there's a earthly grave for us at some point. And those are sad moments here on earth. But friends, this is just the beginning. Life is on the other side of the cross. 
A simple prayer goes like this. Father God, I declare bankruptcy. I can't pay my debt of sin. I can't do it. I receive your forgiveness today. I receive your love today. I receive your mercy today. And I choose to hand over my life to you. It's beautiful. If you make a decision for Jesus today, anything from coming back to the Lord or saying yes to Him for the first time, we have cards to fill out called all-in cards. We want you to turn those in so we can follow up with you. Father God, we thank You for this Word. We thank You for Easter. We thank You for an empty cross and an empty tomb. We thank You for the forgiveness and the life that You've made available to us. In Jesus' name we pray.